County, Wichita Falls. I'm your co-host, Ryan. With my lovely wife, Catherine, by my side, we'll be having discussions on business, family, and anything else we find complicated or intriguing. Whether you're having your coffee in Bernie, Texas, driving to work in Des Moines traffic, or on a jog through the streets of Garfield, Arkansas, join us as we dive deep into the mysteries of modern life. Welcome to the Armadillo Den. guys so this week we are sitting down to talk about parenting and being a business owner and doing those things together Ryan and I recorded this episode and it was on a Friday and we were really tired (laughs) so I wanted to just kind of have an intro to this episode for you and I don't even know if I'm going to say it's a disclaimer but as we sat down and answered your questions that you presented to us I wanted to just touch on a few things. The first thing is when we say we really listen to our kids um, on if they want to be at work with us and if they're ready to go home, our children are four, seven, and nine. They can't always tell us. And I didn't make that clear in the episode when we recorded. So for you mamas or business owners to... Young children, my biggest piece of advice would be to listen to their behavior. Watch their behavior. Are they flopping? Is there tantrums? Are they grumpy? Are they sour? Are they short with you? Those are all signs that something else is going on emotionally. And so over the years, we've gotten better not good, but we've definitely gotten better about observing their behavior when it comes to how far in the day do we work with them. And so that is very important to note as we have this conversation moving forward. It's just when we say we listen to them, which we do and we try really hard, that is in the form of what they're actually saying to us and how they're behaving. Because children are such have such a small vocabulary they're not always able to like tell you what they're thinking Alrighty, next part is I'm sitting here now it's Monday this will launch on a Wednesday I'm headed for California and it's bittersweet because I'm excited to go see our manufacturer and I'm excited to go to California and I've never been but I'm also feeling this sadness that I'm going to leave the kids because they are not going to be able to come with me this time not to say they're not going to come in the future and I'm saying this now because in the episode we talk about taking them with us sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't this is a case that it doesn't it doesn't make things easier but it's really amazing that Ryan and I are able to work together and he'll be on the home front helping out and Yeah, so we've got a great episode. We answer your questions to the best of our ability as far as when to have children, how many children to have, how to have a job with kids, and how to own a business with children. So we hope you love the conversation. You guys have a wonderful day.
Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Armadillo Den. <laughs> we are talking about family and parenting as business owners. I asked you guys a couple weeks ago what, in terms of the Armadillo Den, what do you guys want to listen to? And it was all family. I mean, it was quite a few questions, and everyone just said, we want you to speak more on family and having children, when to have children, when to have children, when to start a business, what it's like having a business and having children, how do you mold them together. And today we're just going to kind of, usually this is, the podcast with just us are very conversation style. Loose. And want to keep it a little more tight today and just answer your questions. Be clear. Okay. If you've listened to the yesteryear episode, Brian and I have been married 11 years in April. Woo! And we have a daughter who is nine. So we really did started talking about having kids before we were married, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so we knew that we wanted children. What number do you think we agreed on? ish before we were married and we were like that's how many kids we want to have i thought we said four i thought we said four too yeah and then after we had maggie we were like this we're good which is right our now. number three we were like bah! and it's still the conversation still comes up like do we want another child right now and you know you talk a lot about adoption and i talk a lot about being outnumbered right now <laughs> And uh, so we're, we kind of go back and forth on that a little bit, but the jury's still out on whether or not there'll be a number four one way or another. Yeah, and I think we'll get there in today's episode. That's my goal. Oh, you want me to make a decision today on a fourth child? No. Oh, okay. I thought, no, on, I, th- I thought you wanted to do that on the episode. <laughs> no. It's usually a much more tri- intimate of a, a conversation. This is all than, a trick. Yeah. So... First question, when did you and Ryan know you were ready, quote-unquote, ready to start a family? I this, I knew that I was ready for children almost bef- maybe even before I met you. I just knew that I wanted kids. I always just wanted to be a dad. And I don't know that I'm a good at being a dad or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, our kids... I don't think any parent should say whether or not they're a good, like they think yeah. they're a good or a bad parent. I guess that's up for our, ki- up that for our kids to decide. That will be how our kids behave in society as adults if we I gotta... did our job. Just a second, guys. The print shop's being Sorry, loud, so Ryan's, <laughs> Ryan's going to be quiet. So while he's up... We are still here. I told the live audience this is probably painful to watch. I think we just lost everyone. Everyone's gone. Sorry. (laughs) We could just cut the live. We could cut the live, but here we are. So the question, when did you and Ryan know you were ready to start a family? Yeah, so I think I knew before before we even met. I, I, I felt like I was, you know... Wanted to be a father, but then when we met, we started getting to get it getting serious. 
dating, I knew for sure that I wanted to have children and have them with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think same. I was born and raised around a lot of siblings, and then there was a rough patch in some years where I hadn't met you yet, and I was like, family life is not the way for me. Clearly not on the right path, because I definitely want to be a mother, and meeting you, falling in love, I wanted lots of babies. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I don't know. The question was, when did you and Ryan know you were ready to start a family? And I think that comes to, we were married, and... We started trying to achieve pregnancy probably six months after we were married. Mm -hmm. We didn't got married in April, so by the fall ish, we were trying to start get, starting to start a family, and we did get pregnant pretty easily with Annie. Um, Jane Jane took a little longer, which was deceiving because you know it happened really quickly on that first time, and it took about fourteen months with Jane and almost a year with Maggie. Mm -hmm. So with that perspective, I know everyone's story in terms of fertility and achieving pregnancy is different. But the question about being ready, I truly believe you're never ready per se to have kids, to even understand what it's like to have one and then have two, have three. All babies are different. All well, children think, are I different. I think what you mean by that is you can always find a reason why it's not time. Why you it's know, not why, timely. Why, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to say because we're three three deep with kids. It's like, well, if you're, you know, if you're ready to have children, then, or if you think you want to have children, there's no time like the present. Right. So. so we did know. But we're not here to give No, advice. I'm not doing that. That was me. I know, for me, yeah. We are... That's that qu answer to that question. So I do believe you don't ever know if you're ready. and But for us, Ryan and I specifically, we were ready immediately. Mm. After getting married, we knew we wanted to start a family. Because I really felt like I was old <laughs> getting married. I mean, older than my parents were and your parents were when they got married and had you, correct? Mm -hmm. So I kind of felt like I had a late start and I needed to play catch up. I don't know if that was the right mentality, but we just knew we wanted to have kids. Second question, what were those early years like with Littles and beginning your business and flipping homes? And how did we find the balance in it? And I'll start with this one. It was very difficult because when we started, difficult and fun. When we had Annie, I was still working full-time for the old company, and also doing screen printing on the side. So we were juggling a young baby. You were in construction. You had your own company. So we were kind of juggling two businesses, being full t a full-time employee on a salary and having kids. And, yeah, I think that it was hard. But knowing at that point, it was still like we wanted more kids. Mm -hmm. We were just trying to do all those parts to the best of our ability. Right, and I think my perspective is a little bit different when we had Annie because I was working for myself, and I was gone. Well, I still work for myself, but, but you know, alone. I was gone, you know, 10 or 12 hours a day, and then it, it, the 
having that season of my life wasn't difficult because of Annie, you know, or wasn't difficult because of we were a new family. It was because I was, you know, we weren't in the situation we're now where we work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I say it's hard, it wasn't necessarily, it was hard work. Annie didn't make things hard. No. Children didn't make things hard. It was just very little time and a lot of obligations. And so we got through that and we balanced it with trying to do each part to the best of our ability, whether we did it well or not. You know, we just kept our eye on the future mm-hmm. and not really living in the current and the miserable, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, what values, hopes do you have for your kids be- when we were having them? So I think the question is, kind of what are the values we're trying to instill in our children on a day-to-day basis? You know, and I think recently we've, I'm trying to like wrap my head around family values when I feel like I don't want my kids to have as much technology. You know, it's growing up, it's so different now than it was when we were young. We hear that all the time. So I think as parents, you and I are trying to figure out what is important to us and how do we want, what do we want to give our children And so I think values that I'm trying, you know, we spoke in the car about this earlier. It's I want respectful children and I want children who appreciate kind of what they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, I mean, and then the general stuff, obviously just being honest, you know, and, and for them to, and and for them to trust us, you know, like that we have their best interests in, in mind. And that doesn't come that doesn't come along until, you know, they get to be more of our oldest daughter's age seven and nine, they start to kinda you know, have have a uh this age of reasoning. And you just don't want them to I, I don't want them to ever question whether or not what we're doing isn't for doesn't have all of our best, you know interest in mind. Are you turning off the live? Mm-hmm. Okay, we tried. <laughs> I don't know if I can do both. Bye! Did we even have anybody? One? Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think about that. <laughs> Are we good to start back? We, we never stopped. Okay. Um... So if you just want to say again, what are your values that you're trying to give our children? Like, answer the question and then... Okay, yeah. Uh, the values that I hope our kids have are the general ones, you know, honesty and just to value, like you said, the things that they the things that they have and the things that we've been blessed with um, and, not, and count their blessings, not look at the things that they, you know, they don't have. Right. And, you know, I'm rereading this question. It's before we had them. So we just talked about what we want them to have. I don't think it changes, though. Yeah. I mean, when we were having children, and I think this comes with just being raised in a big, in a large family. Like, I see children as blessings. They are a blessing, as hard as it is. So I just knew them coming into our lives is what God's giving us. Like, we're only going to see more 
beauty because we have children. Right. I didn't have all the fine-tuned, like, the exact, until you hear your child talk back or, like, throw a tantrum, is when it, like, triggers, oh, man, we better start teaching Nip some. this in, in the, the bud. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, because when they're just little babies or angels and then they hit toddler phase and tantrums, but when they actually, like, have voice of reason and can talk back and challenge you as a parent is when... You want to smack them. <laughs> no, oh, right. Never mind. Well, that too. But when I realize I probably need to do a better job, like I work really hard at my job, I need to work just as hard as being a parent. Oh, or harder. For harder, yeah. for sure. How do you prioritize and make those things happen alongside running a business? So how are we parenting our children, instilling these values and hopes for them while juggling businesses, business? Um, just for me, I think it's, they've always been along on the ride with us. Yeah. I mean, our kids, I want them to experience you know, they've been on construction jobs. They've been to Magnolia. And, I mean, I'll speak for the Magnolia events. It sounds so glamorous to come. and But it's so much work to check out, to talk to thousands of people in a certain amount of days. And I will, the first time I'm going to tell a story about celebration, the first year the girls got to go to a Magnolia event with us because I used to, we would leave and they would have to stay with grandparents. And, I mean, they just had FOMO. I mean, they get it honestly. They just missed us, and they wanted to go and participate in what we were doing. And I, we had Annie. We had let someone. Who was with us? Was your mom there, or did you take them? The younger two weren't in our booth at this time, but our oldest daughter loves to run our checkout register. She knows the POS system. And I will never forget that it was an employee, Annie and me standing. POS stands for point of sale. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking shop lingo. Uh, so we're working in the checkout counter. A man walks in and he looks right at us, you know, and huge smile. And it, this guy just had a presence about him. He goes and picks out some shirts, talks about buying one for his wife. We're like, oh, you're so sweet because, you know, we primarily appeal to women. So when a man walks in and he's like actively shopping for himself and his wife, I'm like, that's a sweet person. You know, he gets to the register and he's checking him out and he looks her right in the face, sticks out his hand, shakes his, her hand and introduces himself. And he said, hi, I'm Adler. Abner. Abner. Hi, I'm Abner. And he's like, what's your name? And she just kind of looks at him, and I said, Annie, you know, when someone's talking to you, you have to talk to them back. He's just so cute. Hi, I'm Annie. And he introduces himself to me and our employee. He leaves. He checks out. He leaves. And, I mean, we all just had a moment of, he is so nice. That man was so nice just now. This is a Saturday, and so at this point, the event has shut down. They're getting ready for the Johnny Swim concert. We're loading out, and that is a mess because they have to funnel 90 vendors through the line in like three hours, two hours. So you have to break down your whole booth right after the event to to get out so that traffic can run after the concert gets out. We're loading up. It was a sloppy mess. It was rainy. And I hear Adler and Amanda. Abner. Abner. 
and Amanda. <laughs> You're going to yeah. edit this. Yeah. Well. Okay. So Abner, who came in to talk to Annie, was Abner of Johnny Swim. And Annie, is it? we are huge Johnny Swim fans, Annie and I. I would say me and the girls. And, you know, as soon as we were in the parking lot and as soon as I heard, hello, Waco, hello, Magnolia Market, this, my name is Abner, and this is my wife, Amanda, and we're Johnny Swim. It was like, not a light bulb, it was like firecrackers went off in my head. And I was like, I just met him earlier. I had no idea what he looked like. I called Annie. She started screaming. We freaked out. And still to this day, it's just like the coolest thing ever that we met him. And he was so humble. And he never said, you know. And it's that. He was probably waiting for y'all to say it. Like, yeah, no, we didn't. He, yeah. he he met people who did not know who he was. <laughs> and so just as an example, if we had left our kids, was it harder to have them there? Absolutely. But having them there opened Annie up to this experience she never would have had otherwise. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That is a funny story. Because now, I mean, now they have their television show on Magnolia Network and who loves to watch that show me I love it well all I, of I us just, yeah we all like it you know and I like the I like to see the behind the scenes things of all the different bands and all but they're he they I mean they're they're both fascinating I mean there's a reason why they're have reached you know a moderate this level of celebrity success. yeah mm-hmm. and so that's just one example of taking them along with us and there's Many more. When we opened our, when we expanded and purchased the building on Indiana that we talked about in prior episodes, this is where our retail store is. And now it's the salon. I mean, it's one big building and it's also half our store, half a salon. And our kids have all been raised there. They're, I want them to be good around people, you know? But I think one of the struggles was. I want our children, I knew that I always wanted them to be able to talk to adults. I was born, not born, I was raised going to the farmer's market, and I will, my grandmother always said, you speak clearly when you look people in their face, you look people in their eyes. When people talk to you, you respond to them. And so I was taught by third grade trying to figure out how to be my own person and be able to talk to adults. And now that was one of the values I wanted when I started having children and people at the store would come up to them and say hi and they would run away. There's a point that that's okay, but that I think you and I both value the ability to talk to other adults. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the... uh... Are you talking about from our perspective, from the kids? Well, I think just we want our kids to be able to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the a great deal of the yes ma'am and no ma'am culture has left the building. That's something I, you know, hold in high regard. Yeah. And I think that's something that we didn't list earlier, but it's definitely something. I mean, I make our kids say yes ma'am, yes sir, and... Do they do it every time they're out in public and they're speaking to someone? No, but it's it's not canceled. Right. Like we do, it is a value of ours. And so with them always at the store, I mean, we couldn't pay for a nanny. We couldn't, 
afford sitters. So it was just, they had to be there. And there were so many times I'm like, this is so difficult. You know, I'm trying to check out this customer. I've got Jane trying to rip my clothes off because she wants a snack. Or, you know, I remember Maggie running around the store with poop in her diaper and customers coming in and I wouldn't have a chance to change her. And just that mom guilt of like, I, I'm failing. I am not doing this correct. But then there's days of reward when they want to go to the store. And like right now, we try to have a healthy, how do we balance it? We listen to them. So there's days they want to come to the store. They want to help us work. And there are days in really busy seasons where they're there four days a week. And by Friday, they're like, I want to go home. Even if we have work to do, we listen and we say we're going home. Generally. Generally. You know, they don't make the calls all the time and they don't call the shots, but I think we have to listen to our children and that's what we try to do. And more often now that they're getting older, they always want to be here. (laughs) They always want to be at our 10th Street location. They always want to be at the store and mom and dad are ready to go home. Mm -hmm. And we have to get in the car, get in the car. So I think that we've made work work for them at every store too we've had a kid room even to this day there's a space they're able to come in to our space and create and make a mess do we like it no but we're instilling we make our spaces a a part of them have a sense of ownership yeah you know they they feel like this is their place too which is nice almost to a (laughs) to a fault you know ron has to clean up after more than i do yeah because they're in his space usually So I think prioritizing, consistently knowing your family values, and then listening to each other. There's so much noise in the world. You got to pause it, you know, to actually hear the kids and what they're saying. Because they are speaking and kids will tell you what they're thinking, you know. And we've always had a dialogue in our home I mean, we would, we call ourselves over-communicators. We, Ryan and I, communicate well. Not always. It's an ongoing challenge. But we have the table open where we ask our kids questions, and we work really hard to fully listen to their responses. So, yeah, another question someone asked is, how do you own a business and include your kids? You ask them to be a part of it. That's what we've done. We... I will ask Annie about a design for a shirt. I know a few of you last year bought the shirt. No, the world needs what you got. I think she was one that kind of helped me come up with that. And yeah, and then the store, I'll let them do display. And when they leave, I may go and redo that whole display because I didn't like the way that it was done. But I let them try. You know, yeah, and Annie, what what was the one she did for the winter? Was it Winter Wonderful? That was her wonderful winter. Okay, but yeah, you're right. It's her totally her idea. Yeah, and it, it did well. So I mean, that's like a very tangible way, but making I mean, nights we have to work late and we have pizza. We try to make it fun for them, but just lots of explaining mm-hmm. too. So the next question, how do you balance parenting, business, and self-care as mom and dad? The se- so I think we just went over the parenting and business thing. But the self-care thing is, for Catherine, she loves to run. So 
she, I, I try to make time for her to run. And then for me is, you know, playing guitar and, and for me, it's playing the guitar and doing the band thing. And she does that for me, gives me the time and space to do that. So those are our two things. And, and sometimes it's just being quiet. Like we have, need to have our alone time and, you know, that's just kind of how. Yeah, I would say writing for me, music for you are our non-negotiables. Yeah, we, no. We give each other the time to do those things. And then beyond that, just knowing part of our self-care is knowing when we need to stop working, you know, putting the phone down, shutting the laptop, and knowing when we truly need to be present for me. And that's working on my plants. That's building a fire pit, roasting s'mores at home alone. Those things are self-care, self-care, but we're doing it as a family. So I think, yeah, making sure, and I think for a lot of people, if you're really in the thick of it, you know, of starting a business and having young, young children, your self-care is going to look different than ours does. But in the moment, knowing that you can't run at that capacity all the time. And just to give an example, when, you know, Annie was little and Jane was little, my self-care I didn't really run as much. I have always been a runner, though. So going on walks with my mom. And my kids loved the stroller because they got Capri Suns and snacks. And so now I run alone. But when they were little, I couldn't do that. And they ran with me. I took them with me. Mm-hmm. So And a stroller. They were stroller babies for sure. Next question. How has your village helped you raising kids? How How hasn't it helped us? (laughs) So, yeah, I think I've gotten this question a lot in DMs. Do y'all have help? You know, and the answer is absolutely. My in-laws, I have wonderful in-laws, Tony and Tanya Hager, who always, always, always want our children to stay. And so I think... They do not get enough credit. We could not do what we do to this capacity if I didn't have help, if you didn't have help, you know? Yeah, my mom and dad are fantastic with the girls, and and the girls love going over there, and they live really close, so it's easy to get them over there, and they'd have them every night if they could. They don't. (laughs) No, but they they would if they could. Yeah, and my parents, because they work a lot still, my mom's helps when she can, but they're just not as available because they work so much on the farm. So my sister, I mean. Yeah, we've got a lot of help. We have a lot of help. So I, just my siblings, grandparents have helped so much. And that's the great thing is when, you know, one of my siblings needs help, I will keep their kids it's truly like a pass off. I mean, we just, we all really try to help each other in seasons when we're busy. One of my siblings is an entrepreneur also, and his busy time is the same time as our high retail season. So I feel like we will lean on each other when able to keep each other's kids, which just lets our, we have lots of cousin time. And we have employees who 
are great with our children. Mm-hmm. They definitely take a beating. Our kids are very high energy little girls. Um, but you they might say it's abuse. <laughs> our, our children kids may abuse, abuse our, our employees, employees for sure. Yeah. The piggyback rides get so extreme around here. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> so yeah, the village just the village is everyone around us, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Shout out to my mom and dad for a ton of help. And Catherine's parents are always great. We just we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, I mean, our kids, and that's kind of the questions that were asked, but I wanted to touch on a few more things. Just when I read all the questions and I was trying to prepare for this, I, you know, our kids hear about our successes, and, you know, we we have a big announcement coming out in... June to August, we'll be in a store that's we've worked really hard to, you know, get a partnership with. And when I shared it with the kids, the joy on their faces that, you know, Ramble's finally going to be at this point. I mean, just to see them light up was amazing. But on the other end, they hear the frustrations when, you know, there's a clogged pipe at the store and dad has to go leave home during our family time to go do landlord type stuff. And they hear the hard parts and they definitely don't understand it. And we try not to let them in on too much because our oldest daughter will take all the worry on herself and you can just see her anxiety increasing, but we don't hide things from them in terms of our struggles and our frustrations and kind of what we're going through. And I think that a part of that's empathy. I hope we're teaching them empathy, not just for us, but just that it exists. Also, this is huge, thinking about all of this, and so many people have different views. Some people wait 10 years of being married before trying to have children, and for us... Ryan, would you agree that God is in ultimate control of everything? Like, he and I both believe God is in control of everything. We have choices, and we have the steering wheel, but there's only so much we can control in business, in family, in kids, in parenting, in marriage. We just have to make good choices. Yeah, I think we've been blessed with the boat. We try to keep the sail up and, you know, our faith in God is the wind that pushes us, hopefully, where we Anywhere. need to go. Not hopefully, definitely where we need to go. Yeah. And we've just got to keep the sail in good shape. Mm-hmm. And during busy seasons, and for sure when our kids were really young, there were days we you know, didn't want to wake up and go to Mass, that we would forget to pray. And now we have children who hold us accountable, you know, who say, aren't we going to go do this? Yeah, and a lot of time their accountability boils down to they're not ready to go to bed yet. Mm-hmm. But yes, they right. do hold us accountable. Yeah, and so I think that ultimately Ryan and I can plan. We can have these family values. We can try to instill all these things to make them good humans in society at some point in their lives. But ultimately, God is what is in control. And I believe that. I think yeah. that's why I have a... I do stress and I do have anxiety, but it's limited. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
Yeah. So I hope this, I mean, today we were talking about family and parenting and business. I hope this clears some things up for you guys. I hope you don't have more question marks bouncing around up there about what we said. Um, I absolutely love being a mother. I love being a business owner, and I really enjoy doing both, even though it is hard but rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess in closing, I just want to say thank you to Catherine for being a great mother. I want to say thank you to our kids for putting up with this. I'm sure they'll hear this at some point in the future, and maybe this will make up for some of the some of the ways that they may feel like we wrong them <laughs> wrong them but mm-hmm. man we really appreciate their patience with us cuz they are even even Maggie and she's only how old is Maggie right now 4 mm-hmm. I mean they're super patient with us and uh a big thanks to my mom and dad and Catherine's mom and dad for helping us helping us uh steer the ship yeah, and I think that you just saying the thanks to them. Our kids are one of some of our biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think if you involving kids in what you do, involving family in what you do, they'll become your biggest cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah, and it means the most when they, like you said earlier, you could see it in their eyes whenever we told them what you know what's about to happen. That's been the most important. Uh, affirmation Mm -hmm. you know just them being proud of us yeah it's like whoa (laughs) so yeah thank you guys for being here on the armadillo den i just this doesn't always come up in the last part of the podcast but this is all made possible by ryan hager uh recording equipment it's kind of fancy in here and then rambling company Hmm. Helps us make time and financially be able to have this podcast. Right. <laughs> so, and none of that would be possible without all of our wonderful customers, listeners. Thank you. Adios. You can find us on Instagram at Ryan Hager TX, at Rambling Company, and at Katherine.Hager. I'm going to leave you guys today with a quote from Mother Teresa. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. <laughs>